Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. What is Jesus' secret or his way of being that makes him so radically different when it comes in dealing with relationships with people? We see the hint of it in Gospel from John today, chapter 8. And it says in the beginning that Jesus comes down from the Mount of Olives to enter into the relationships with people. He is there in prayer with the Father. Prayer with the Father and that relationship with the Father allows him to reflect God the Father, who he is. That's the secret to Jesus' way to treat people and relationships with people. Because of that relationship, that prayer, he comes down from the mountain and reflects who God the Father is. There's some devious things going on. In chapter 7 at the end, the chief priest, the temple guards, and some scribes and Pharisees are gathering together to plot Jesus. And in their plot, they will use people for their own purposes. They don't care about the dignity of people. They don't care whether people get hurt. And in fact, in today's gospel, they couldn't care less if the woman is killed, whether she's innocent or not. Their goal in any means is to have Jesus killed. And this is what Jesus is dealing with. And so, Scripture says they caught the woman in the act of adultery. And so they bring her to Jesus in the sense of using her to trap Jesus. Because if he allows her to go away, then he's not upholding the law of Moses. And if he says to go ahead and kill her, the Romans are going to get in because the Romans are the only one that have power to to kill people at that time. So it's a trap. It's a no-win situation. Now, in that time, I have to ask you, what happened to the man in this story? I don't know. We don't know what happened. I don't know if it was the intent of the author. Maybe there was some other thing he's trying to say about the mercy of God, but we don't know. But we do know the law back then that if someone is caught in adultery, the man, the husband who was offended would bring the charge, and then there had to be two male witnesses that saw everything. I don't think Jacoby and Myers could get anybody off of that, huh? (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of set up in a way that the woman is the one that's going to take the barrier. And that's kind of the the social makeup. And these people that are gathered together to get Jesus couldn't care less. And so Jesus meets her with compassion and with mercy. The scripture says that Jesus is the one who offers the possibility of new life to this woman. And so the beauty is that in mercy, this is who Jesus reflects as the Father. He just doesn't do it on his own and say, I was born good, and I'm going to be good, and I think I'll do this because, you know, I just decided to do this on my own. He is reflecting God the Father. And you know, it is about mercy today, and it is about a woman giving new life again. But there's something else of a sin that's going on that you and I have to be very careful about. Using people as objects for our own personal gain. I don't have to tell you that happens all the time. Either you read about it, maybe you have been a victim of it, and maybe blindly we have either done that in the past or doing it right now without being aware of it. 
that people are used for political gain, for power, to have control other people, and we dismiss people in their dignity. And so we generalize them, we dehumanize them, because there's a greater cause. And even religious people can get caught up in this as well, that personal people don't matter. And this is what Jesus is trying to teach our Catholic faith today, that the individual is important. This is what he does. He doesn't treat the woman as generalizing, well, you were caught in adultery, we know the law, and we better do the religious thing right. Jesus breaks that barrier. And rather than generalize her and say, you're the sinner, you should have known better, he treats her with respect and dignity. You see, that's why you and I come to Mass to pray. And so often we make it about other things. Uh, we want a good homily. Well, this isn't the place to go. I'm sorry, huh? <laughs> we want good music. Huh? We want a good community. We want to be fed. We keep using all these things. But you know what? You and I, being disciples of Jesus, are meant to pray to be like the Father. That's what we reflect. You know, um, in coaching football and stuff like that, uh, up over at Sunny Slope, brothers would play, and maybe the brother would be a senior and the other brother would be a sophomore. And doggone it, they look alike. You know, they say, man, we can tell that you're brothers or that you're sisters together because you reflect that. Oh, my, with my brother, they say we look alike. I guess they can tell he's my brother. And you know, I think that's what happens with Christians at times. What do we reflect? Is God reflected in how we treat people? That's why it's very vital that Christians, the church, the people of God, stand up for every marginalized person. It's not about agreeing with their decisions or lifestyles or going against the law of the government because there's a greater law, the law of how we treat people with dignity, and we stand up. We stand up to people who misuse other people, and, you know, I was reading a survey the other day, and there are many reasons why young people are really not interested in church. One of the grief, the sorrows of many people in the listening session is of parents grieving that their children always don't go to Mass now. That's a big grief for them. And we may have to start a support group for them just to help them and encourage them and tell them in ways they can still be open to their children and to know there's goodness in them. And God will work through them. But many young people say they leave because what they hear from the church is not standing up for people who are marginalized. They're friends. People that are just trying to get along with life. When teenagers kill themselves because of their uh, sexual identity, where's the church in all this? How can we stand? And again, we make it about the morality of what, well, you're supporting sin. You know what? We're supporting the dignity of the people because that's the reflection of the Father. Where does Jesus, anywhere in scriptures, praise to the Father, reflects the glow of the Father to people in condemning and saying, you have to get your act together first and then you win our love. That's why it's important that the church stand against people who bully who use people for their own purposes, who have their own ideology, and they couldn't care less who they step on. And sometimes, I have to be honest with you, the church has done that and is still doing that now. 
Not raising the dignity of people, but being selective. Because we too, as leaders, can be blind. And we can think we have a greater cause. Pope Francis is speaking in Malta this weekend. This is the place where St. Paul shipwrecked and was held in prison for a number of years there. But he was in Malta there preaching the gospel. And this is what he said today about today's gospel. He goes, there are many people who are religious in their way, but they only point fingers at the sin of others. And they don't understand that the gospel is one of mercy. In other words, there's so many self-righteous Christians now who speak on behalf of our Catholic faith or the Christian faith who simply condemn people and point people and don't treat people with the dignity of individualism. Here's what Christians are called to do in reflecting the Father. Offer the possibility of new life. So I'm asking you for the fifth Sunday of Lent and the remaining part of Lent. Are you reflecting the Father? How's your prayer life with God the Father? Are we simply asking God for things? Are we simply just doing this out of devotion to be sure we don't go to hell? Or we're just a tradition that we've done that we feel good after church and that lasts for about a day and then we go back to being miserable? Or are we praying to be more like the Father? The woman is objectified and she is used by people in power and they couldn't care less and they stomp on her dignity. And Jesus says no. How about the church? You and I. Can we stand up for people? Anyone who's been mistreated, devalued, dehumanized, crushed, not treated fairly. I think if we can do that better, I think our young people will be proud to recognize that the church is here for them. Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission, 